time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor-comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there and please stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. I'm joined by an author of uh, a book called Free and Fearless. His name is uh, Philip Moser. He joins me uh, by phone. Phil, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Tom. Um, The book, how would... How would you describe the book? It's about your uh, relationship with your daughter, um, one of your daughters, uh, who died at a, at a young age, which is a horrible thing for any parent to endure. Um, but how would you describe the book? Is it a, uh, a biography, a memoir? How, how would you categorize it, or um, can you even? I've been told it's actually a love story that uh the bond that we shared was virtually unbreakable and uh it's the love that comes through no matter what uh we deal with in life that the love is going to carry you through any difficulty or tragedy or adversity and that's that's the case with my story and that's how I wanted to write the book is not reflect on um, her adversity, but to reflect on the positive power of love of a bond between a father and a daughter. Was it different? Um, how, how was it different from the bond you had with your other daughter who married and has uh, kids of her own? Um, I feel like we have a perfectly uh, normal or, or uh, 
yeah, pretty yeah, pretty normal relationship with my older daughter, our youngest one, Brittany. She just wanted the closeness. She craved it, and she she was the one that really drove our relationship. She was the one that kept us as close as we were. And so I have to credit her for uh, having such a close bond with her. And and in the the uh, in the book you talk about uh, travels. Um, and and was it like like she dragged you on adventures? How how did how did those things how did those things come about, Phil? No, she didn't have to drag me at all. <laughs> um, she was very outgoing and adventurous, and she just loved when we would travel and do things together. She just absolutely cherished that time together and uh no she didn't have to drag me along at all tom uh she got to be a flight attendant she she graduated from college with a video production degree with the goal of making movies in hollywood and that's a real tough thing to do and uh, she needed experience or know somebody to get into that industry. And so she wanted to get some good experience. And her best friend told her about, well, maybe she would like Colorado um, to get some experience out there before she would move on to California. And uh, her best friend hooked her up with a landlord in Colorado. And she did find a job in Colorado, that, a guy that made uh, event videos and wedding, a lot of wedding uh, videos, and she learned a lot about making movies and videos, and uh, she was ready for her move to California, and so she wanted to see the world first, and so she got a job as a flight attendant, and she started flying all over the western United States, and a lot of those flights were out of California. And uh, and uh, she just loved it. And she would, at the end of every week, she would call me and say, Dad, I got to go here and here and meet these people and met some VIPs. And she just was so excited about all her travels. And she was always like... Uh, getting me to go to places. Oh, you got to go here, dad, or you got to go here. You'll love it here. Like try to get me out of my comfort zone, which she was really good at, good about. And, and but, what uh, were some of those, uh, some of those places? Did you travel together? Yeah, quite a bit. When she moved to Colorado, we would go, uh, see her every chance we got my wife and I, and, um, we would always go someplace in Colorado, um, just to visit and uh she when she got first got sick she came up with this list of 20 destinations that were so beautiful they would literally take your breath away and so that's what she wanted to do and when and when she uh, first got sick that she called me up to dad i i got this like bucket list of adventures I'd like to do, and you're my best friend. Would you go with me? 
And I was just so touched and honored. She was almost 30 years old, and she still wanted to spend time with me. There was just no way that I could say no to that. And so for two years, every chance I got, we went to Colorado and we work on these uh, destinations that she wanted to go to. And some of them were popular places, but a lot of them were like remote areas that were either hard to get to or uh, uh, very unusual places. Were you able to, uh, how many of those places were you able to actually uh, follow up on and go to? In the two years, we got to 13 of the 20 places on her list. Wow. And that's when she got the Addison's disease. And she really, it really set her back. And it took her a while to get her strength back and get back on her feet. But, uh, and then um, she messaged me one day and she says, Dad, I got one more place I want to add to our list. And I was like, oh, you must be feeling better because she was still getting back on her feet. I said, well, where is it? She goes, it's Sky Pond in Rocky Mountain National Park. And I'm like, I never heard of it, but I'll look it up. (laughs) So I looked it up, and it's clear at the top of the mountains where the snow never melts. And I'm like, well, wow, you must really be feeling better if you want to do that. I says, we'll have to go in July or August when the snow melts down. And so I started making plans to do that in late July. And then uh, three weeks after she messaged me, she got sick in the middle of the night and uh, she passed away. And and that was at uh, age 32? Correct. Was she sick for a long time, Phil? Uh, It was just a a gradual progression, I would say. It started as a thyroid issue, and then it progressed into a rare condition called Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune disorder. And um, And then it progressed into her Addison's disease, and that was very very uh, serious condition. She'd almost passed away before they diagnosed her with the Addison. In fact, she had to diagnose herself. Her, uh, when she went to the emergency room, they'd never seen it before and they, they didn't know what it was. And the second time she went to the emergency room, she told them, she says, I think I have Addison's disease. And so they did some tests and two days later they confirmed that Brittany, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what you have. So, how did she? How did she know to even look for that? Were there symptoms that she had that that she was yeah. able to track? Yeah, um, her the pigmentation actually of her skin turned darker, and uh, she had a lot of nausea and could hardly eat at times a lot of uh yeah like stomach issues and so she had looked it up she was very intelligent and she was very uh insightful on things and she determined that's what she had and she was absolutely right and 
was that was she young to to have that disease is there a reason why it was difficult uh, for diagnosticians to to come up with that as uh, what it would be it's so rare that uh, they had never even seen it before in Denver where she was living they'd never even seen a case of it before and so uh, that's why they had never tested for it it's just so uh, uh, unusual about one in a hundred thousand people get this and it's mostly young females the most famous person to ever get this disease was John F Kennedy and back in those days they didn't tell the public that he had it right and and so um, they actually kept it from the public. They didn't want him to appear vulnerable in any way, especially when we were dealing those days with the Cold War and and some of the adversaries we had back in those days. They didn't want our president to to appear uh, vulnerable. Right. Yeah. That's that's been written about uh, extensively. Um, what was it? about this story and this relationship that, that made you think uh, um, that it would be a good book? Um, when I was finishing her bucket list after she passed away, uh, there was, uh, I had to train for some of these high altitude. There was some of them that were high <laughs> altitude hikes. And I did training for months to be get ready for these uh, uh, adventures. And some of my friends said, you know, you know, this would actually make a good story. You know, you ought to talk to the newspapers. Like, oh, I hadn't really thought of it, but okay. Like, well, you know, if it encourages somebody, you know, that, okay, I'll do that. And so when I did the newspaper absolutely loved my story. It did a full-page uh, feature wow. and nominated me for Story of the Year. And uh, they said I should talk to the TV station uh, locally where I live. And so I did. They absolutely loved my story and did a five-minute news special and nominated me for their yearly awards. And so they said the story was so good uh, that I should write a book. And it was not because of what happened with Brittany. It was the fact that she was so positive in dealing with it, and so was I. I wanted to continue her legacy. And so it only made sense to uh, to write it down and, and make a book out of this. and. She had the goal of making movies in Hollywood. Phil, Phil, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to put a comma here. I have a break coming up here in just a moment. Can you sure. stick around so we can talk about sure. some of the lessons learned and so on? Sure. Great. My guest is, uh, is the author of a book called Free and Fearless. His name is Philip Moser, and we'll have more after we let our broadcast partners squeeze in a few words, if you're streaming us, we have Everybody some messages as well. Do brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get the through time it. summer. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. 
And welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with the author of a new book called Free and Fearless. It's, uh, uh, my, my guest is, uh, oh, I'll get it here. I've got my notes all turned upside down. It's uh, Phil Moser. Um, is it pronounced Moser, Phil, or is it Moser? Yeah. Yeah, Moser. Moser. Okay. Um, well, Phil, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Oh, thank you. Um, just before the break, we were talking about how local news, uh, uh, newspaper and TV got interested in your in your story and, and encouraged you to write the book. Um, had you done any writing before? No. Uh, see, to me, this was what's so special about her. She could encourage people and bring out the best in people. And all of her friends mentioned that she could see things in her friends that they couldn't even see themselves, talents and gifts that they had. She was so good at bringing out the best in people. And she brought that out in me. I didn't even know I could write. Uh, She just had that positive uh, can-do attitude that if you put your mind to it, you can do anything, and that's the way she lived her life. I just want that vision and that memory to inspire other people that no matter what life throws at you, you can be positive about it and move forward. How hard was it to relive some of the adventures that you had with <laughs> Brittany and, and, and just the process of losing her at such a young age? She was... 32 when she passed away but i would think writing the book would be almost like it's either cathartic or it's pouring salt in the wound which was it for you um a lot of people said the same thing that you're saying like how could you possibly do that and relive all that and for me i guess the best way that i can sum it up is the positive far outweighs the fact that she was cut short in life, the things that she did and the person that she was outweighs that fact that uh, she was literally cut short in life. And so that's, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that hard as some people might think when you had the experience that I had. And and what about the the actual logistics of of writing a book? That's a it's a big project. It's a big <laughs> undertaking. Um, did you have the the kind of time to spend? How did how did that work for you? Yeah, I'm still working full time, and but every chance I got, I I I would go to a lot of times. I'd go to libraries and use one of their little. Uh, meeting rooms or private rooms and that way I could basically block out everything and and take myself back in time to that event and try to uh, feel the feeling that I had when uh, that event was happening. And and for the the narrative of the book did you did it I don't want to say did it write itself but did you have an outline that you were following of things that you wanted to make sure and include, or did you just start telling the story and it, and it evolved as it, 
has has a, you poured it out? Uh, my cousin helped me with the book, and I didn't even know my cousin had uh, a degree in English comp, and she taught English comp on a college level. Ah. I, I didn't even know that. We weren't really close, and when I mentioned about writing a book, she says, well, that's what I do. She goes, I'll help you. She loved the story, and she wanted to participate in getting this story out to people. And so she gave me the outline and just the guidelines and the goals on writing a book. But she just totally let me uh, write what was in my heart, and she fixed some of the, the grammar things, technical things. But she let me write whatever I felt like writing. And the other thing, and I'm really interested in this, because this is a tough time to come out with a book, especially for a first-time author, because of the pandemic. It's it's hard to uh, um, get published and, and get your book out in front of people. It's it's hard to promote it. Um, how has that um, impacted... Uh, your efforts? Um, I, I think people are craving uh, inspirational stories during this pandemic. And so a lot of, I've had a lot of local uh, publicity as far as the newspapers and television channels and radio. I've done a lot of publicity myself. And uh once people hear the story, it's a one-of-a-kind story, um, they want to hear more. And so, um, yeah, it's hard competing with everything that's out there, but this is, a, this is a story you just don't hear about every day, and I'm glad to tell it. Phil, are you self-published? Yes. Okay, so um, you've had to go through all the... the phases of of getting it registered and you know listed in the different online booksellers and and deal with the mm -hmm. distribution and all that mm -hmm. that's a that's a tough project have you gotten the bug for writing is is there uh um. another book in your future <laughs> phil i've thought about it um but I'm so focused yet on this one. I want to uh, continue on uh, on uh, promoting this book and getting this story. I think this is the the most one of the most powerful stories that I've ever read. I know what it's done for me, and I want to I want to inspire other people the same way that I've been inspired for 32 years. And uh, the relationship we had was unlike uh, anything that I've really uh, heard myself, and I'm glad to share it. Now, there are two parts of this story, before and after Brittany got sick. Um, you know, you, you keep talking about a bucket list, and there's a sense that, you know, there was some urgency to doing some things once she knew she was sick and her time might be limited. But but you also make it sound as though um, 
her adventure, uh, her adventurousness, if that's even a word, um, <laughs> or, or her desire for adventure, really preceded the illness. Mm-hmm. She was very sure of herself. She was very confident, and she was very strong and strong-willed. And um, she wasn't going to be defined by any sickness or illness. She was who she was, and 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 that was going to be uh, what she did, regardless of what obstacles lay in her path. And I've I've never seen anybody so courageous as fighting a disease as she was. Most people that knew her couldn't even imagine that she was even sick. She just was so positive and outgoing and didn't come across like a sick person. How much of the book is about a life well-lived and, and how much of it is about a death well-faced? Uh, I would say the life well-lived is the majority of it. Um, I would say in life, in our lifetimes, we will, we will have adversities where we'll, we'll question things, especially like during this pandemic, like what our values are. And it's, that's, that's what's important in the, in those tough times where your values lay and how you approach, uh, living out those values. And and are there are there lessons that that we can all learn from this book, like like embracing change and and um, enjoying every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, she had that quality. Uh, if you were in a room full of people and she walked in, she could lift the mood of that room just by walking into it. She was just had that positive outlook. And, um, and, and I think what really boiled down to in her toughest times was the relationship that we had as father and daughter, that what a special uh, union that is. And if we can set an example of uh, building those relationships, that will give you the strength to get through the tough times. You can always draw on that special relationship. Phil, most most parents who who have uh, had children grow up end up going through a period of time with the kids, or the kids go through a period of time where they become rebellious and they kind of pull away from their parents. And you know, with yeah. luck, they come back and and you know things carry on. Did you go through that with Brittany ever? Not really. There was a time when she went to college. She I didn't, I wasn't up with her, the new friends that she was making and some of the people that, you know, she was meeting and stuff when she was at college. But uh, she was, all, even when she was in college, she would, she would love to talk about uh, 
the things that she had going on in her life. She was always open. She was always an open person that you, you wanted to talk to. A lot of her friends said this. When I first met Brittany, I knew she was going to be my best friend in about 30 seconds. Was and that that's that's amazing. Was there anything um that you can um take credit for in the parenting or was that something that was just in her? A lot was her I always give her the love and the space that she needed to grow as a person and encouraged it. And I, regardless of what she did, I always, above all, wanted her to be a good person. Regardless of what she did or accomplished, she was a high achiever. But I still liked her to be grounded in good values of being a good person. And that will carry you through the, through the really tough struggles in life. You know, one aspect of this this book, you talk about how to move out of what makes you comfortable and and uh, into a challenging existence. Um, but how much of that was brought on by the the ticking clock, if you will, the the urgency of living life uh, in the time that you have left, and and how much of it was the way you should be regardless of what's in front of you? I don't think we worried too much about the future, that a lot of that we can't control. We, when we did things, we always made the best of the moment that you were in right now. And she redefined living in the moment for me. I never imagined... Um, the joy that just everyday things could bring when you have a positive attitude and love in your heart. What was uh, Brittany's relationship uh, like with her sister and, and uh, her um, nieces and nephews? Uh, her nieces and nephews, she, she liked all her nieces and nephews. With her sister, they were different. They had different um, views, I guess you could say, in life. Brittany was the outgoing, just uh, free spirit and go for it kind of. And and Camille, our oldest daughter, was more traditional values and uh, had having a good relationship. And she settled down and she has two boys now. She's more traditional where Brittany was just very... Uh, um, Outgoing and, and adventurous. What what was Brittany like as a teenager? Uh, she was very busy. She was focused on um, her academics, was probably her top priority. And she was also an athlete. Uh, she lettered four different sports and even was uh, honored with an MVP award in volleyball her senior year. So she was extremely busy, and we even had an exchange student uh, in her junior year, and uh, 
even our exchange student mentioned, well, I don't see Brittany that much. She's so busy all the time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, they made they really made a good connection, and we are still very close with our our exchange student that we had in Brittany's uh, junior year. And we, we, in fact, we went over to, she was from Germany, we went over to Germany and went to her wedding here just a year and a half ago and had a, had the time of our lives. So we remain close to uh, Annika, was our exchange student. Did you have um, any uh, help with the... Uh with the publishing of the book, or, or have you had to do that pretty much all on your own? Uh, actually, I did, and it's quite a, quite a story. When we were finishing her bucket list after she passed, we were going to Grand Junction, Colorado, and we're getting ready to board a plane in Phoenix, Arizona, to go to Grand Junction, and I were boarding, and the, the gal sitting next to me just randomly turns to me and says, uh, oh, you have family in Grand Junction? And I was like, mm, no, no, no. I said, we're just kind of on an adventure. I said, it's a long story. And I didn't really, she was a total stranger, so I didn't want to mention, uh, you know, the whole story to her. So she kind of went to herself for about 30 seconds, and then she turned to me again. She goes, well, now you have to tell me the story. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, that turned into being an amazing acquaintance because uh, after I told her the story, she goes that, well, this sounds like you ought to write a book. I says, I've written books, and I have a guy that helps me publish, and I can fix you up with my publisher. And so that relationship bloomed, and she fixed me up with her publisher, and that's how I got help published in this book. It was like there was a higher power or some kind of intervention that was meant to be that that led me to this publisher well phil it's a uh, a, a fascinating story and i uh, always ask guests on the show um how listeners can find out more about the book and uh, um do you have a website yes i do um it's www.freeandfearlessbook dot com and um yeah i have a, a lot of information on there uh Brittany had a degree in video production and so i wanted to honor her with a video and so of our last adventure to sky pond um uh, i we actually filmed it and i made the video and put it on the website, and you can see our last adventure of our a Two Sky Pond. And it, I'm so proud of the book, but I'm even prouder of the video <laughs> because, because 
I had never done a video before, and and with her video production, I I just thought that was fitting to honor her with a video. I think she would be proud of me for accomplishing that. And uh, yeah, it's it's you might need a Kleenex when you watch this <laughs> video, but but it's very touching and very positive, and uh, I. I'm proud of myself for the video. Well, thanks for the warning. I appreciate that. <laughs> Phil, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. It's uh, it's an amazing story. The name of the book, once again, is Free and Fearless, and uh, it's by Philip Moser. Uh, Phil, thanks so much for sharing your, uh, your story and Brittany's story, um, not just with me today and the listeners, but, uh, but in your book as well. Well, thanks for having me, Tom. I really appreciate it. And good luck with the book. Thank you. Take care. Again, that was uh, Philip Moser, father of Brittany Moser, uh, and author of a book about their relationship, um, especially uh, toward the end of, of her life. Um, she passed away at age 32, but not before racking up some adventures with dear old dad. And that's what the book is about. Free and Fearless is the name of the book. And we will have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490.
Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner program.com. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Mom always liked you best. My mom always liked my brother best and she never liked me. Mom and you you and mom... Why do you keep telling me mom always likes you best? Because she... Every time you get mad, you say, mom always liked you best. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Well, mom always liked you best. You want to know... And you always picked on me? You and mom... My mom and my brother get together and say, we don't like you. Because mom liked you best and she never liked me. Wait a minute. Do you know why she liked me best? She... Oh... Would you like to know why she liked me best? Sure she liked me best, why not? I never knew mom liked you best. Your mom always used to pick on me. That's now I remember. Yeah, now you remember. Mom liked you best and she never liked me. You wanna know why? Why? Because I happen to be an only child. Touchy, touchy. <laughs> Touché. Touché. This just isn't your night, Tommy. Your mom Maybe. gave you a dog. My mom gave my brother a dog, and I didn't get to have a dog in more Everybody than Everybody had dogs. I didn't have a dog. You got to have a dog in more than anything in the whole world. I wanted to have a dog of my own. I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I want to I have a dog like my brother Dickie Smothers. You remember me. I'm Tommy Smothers. <laughs> And I never got to all have right, a dog, is, and I you wouldn't let me play I, with your dog or anything. I remember when I was 10 years old, I said, oh, if I could only have a dog. My brother had a dog, and I, I couldn't. Crying, I honey. didn't get to play with your dog, and Why you, you would always tell Mom when I play with your dog, hey, Tommy's playing with my dog. You remember Tommy, the kid you don't like so much? <laughs> but I didn't get to play with a dog, and I didn't have a dog. Oh, hold it a minute. Before we go any further, you... You know you had your own pet already. Crummy chicken. Well, you wanted it. It's no fun playing with a chicken. They don't bark good. You wanted it. You I said, didn't want that. You wanted to sell the eggs. It was a rooster. <laughs> and every Saturday, my brother, they would, all, the, all of his friends, they get on their, they all get up their dogs and they get their bicycles. And they, I didn't have a bicycle either! You had a bicycle! Now hold it down, it down. you're just getting excited. You, you had a wagon. That was a good wagon. One wheel? What'd you do with the other wheels? Well, it was hard for the chicken to pull that one wheel wagon. Listen. You never liked me and you went on hikes and you, and... You know why you didn't get to go on hikes? You, you never had, would accept you No, know, you even had a dolly. What? A dolly. My brother had a doll. You shut up. You shut up about my doll. You had that dolly. I remember you and your dolly. I said, Mom, don't give me a dolly. I, I was always, I always liked my brother. Mom says, always like your brother. 
And I like my brother. We used to hang around and do things together. Every, about once every three or four months, he'd say, come on, Tom, let's go smoke some Crayolas. <laughs> certainly did not say that. You did, too. I did not. Stains your teeth. You go on hikes. That's right, we went on hikes, because dogs and boys go on hikes. You can't take a chicken on a hike. Frank was a good hiker. Listen, all the guys knew Frank was the best hiking chicken in the block. The reason you couldn't go on a hike, you couldn't keep up. You in that crummy wagon. But you want to know the real reason? Fastest one-wheel wagon around. All right, Tommy, we want to know the real reason is that it wasn't your place to go on a hike with us. It's, we liked you, we liked the chicken, but boys and dogs, they go on hikes together, they're buddies, you know? A little boy even sleeps with his dog. You've never realized the place for a boy in his chicken. Chicken coop. You should have kept that crummy chicken in that chicken coop, Tom, and away from my dog. My uh, chicken killed his dog. <laughs> <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Mexico, Flagstaff, Arizona, don't forget Winona, Kingston, Boston, San Bernardino, won't you get hit to this timely When you make that California trip, get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66. Spreading like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys Have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC And listen well Unless you want to bid our free society Farewell There is a Super bad transmittable Contagious awful virus And if we don't act quick And social distance It will mire us In a stretch of quarantine That lasts until July A super bad transmittable Contagious awful and if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. Tom Sumner. 